Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Foolproof Truth Bourbon Podcast. Mike and Jeff back at you again. How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. This I am actually the one of the best mornings I've had in a, a couple of days. Yeah, I'll <laughs> agree with you on that there. Mike, where are we at today? We find ourselves down in uh, the city of Detroit, down in the heart of uh, the distillery, the Detroit City Distillery. I'm sitting with next to me Gentleman, kind friend. Garrett, how are you doing today, bud? Doing well, Mike. Thank you so much. Garrett, Thanks for having today? us down here doing today. Good. We are inside your distillery, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, coming down. You are sitting in the bespoke speakeasy bar right here, raw, uncut, literally sitting where we go ahead and like let the barrels age. And where we do tours and sample out of a few out of bottles. So, oh, we're, we're going to get back to the bespoke area. Yes. Uh, Jeff, you came, walked into this distiller this morning, and you were taken aback by what was the first thing that hit you? The amount of barrels and storage they have here is just phenomenal. I cannot believe how much barrels are here. Well, they're they're making production. Yes, sir. This and is the, a manufacturing facility. This is what Detroit does. This is hey, yes. this is what we do. And right? the, the this smells, is Detroit. The smells this is are what so prevalent. Yeah. Love and that's it. what hit me when I first walked in immediately. Uh, the, it was just oak. Oak and, everywhere. And let right? me tell you, to, to have something like this in the heart of Detroit is absolutely phenomenal. Because you, you would think a place like this would only exist in Kentucky. And no, right here in the heart of Detroit. If you guys ever get a chance, come down to the Detroit Stiller, Distillery, take a tour, ask for Garrett, because... He's definitely the best tour guide for sure. Um, before we, we we run down the path of that, let's talk to Garrett ourselves. Garrett, introduce yourself. You are probably one of the cooler. Well, no, actually, I take that back. Yeah, you, you are one of the coolest guys I've met here in Detroit. But that is on top of saying that Detroit is just a land of the cool people. Right, Mike, Jeff, don't put tears in my eyes. But <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about yourself. Where, where is your background from the uh, heart? So my background with um, the with the distillery is I've been here for about you. almost. I want to know about you. Oh, you want to know about me? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Uh, grew up um, technically born in Detroit, over there at ninety four in Lanio. Grew Ooh. up in uh, Berkeley, Michigan. Moved down here twenty three years ago at the age of eighteen. Never went back. Always had a passion for the service industry. Always had a passion for distillation. Well, uh, really? Yep. The whole hospitality industry. Um, in a former life, wore a suit and tie for a technology company in human resources that got shut down and went ahead and walked into a bar one day. And the owner said, name five people and what they drink. I did. And they said, you start Monday. That was 15 years ago. And I never went back since. So, And you're known for a couple of different things. I see you in a couple of different videos. You've got a great hat made from a Polish uh, right here, right across the street, down the block. Henry right? the Hatter, right next to our tasting room. Really? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. He, and he's been there for how many years? Whew. He just moved. Like, he was there for what, for forever. Ever. For uh, downtown, and then um, he moved next to us a couple years back. So he's still he's still going. Henry the Hatter. Tell me a little bit about your hat that you have. That's your that's your near and dear. Yeah. So that that's my near and dear. So this is <laughs> what they call you know you got the uh, Stano. And so you can wear it in summer. You can wear it in winter. You just love it. Made it looks, bull, it's you. Made it's just bullish. you. It's a hundred percent. Once it gets cold out, put those ear flaps out. Bam. You're totally good. I'll do that right there. But I got the earphones on. There you go. <laughs> looking good, Garrett. You're looking great. Uh, Jeff, uh, we walked our way into the distillery. A uh, little bit of the history. Uh, do you want to take us through a little bit of the background history of the Detroit yeah. City Distillery? Go ahead. A absolutely. So Detroit City Distillery... Um, long story short, founded by eight friends out of a small town called Bath, Michigan, right outside of Lansing. Yep, yep. That went ahead and what they ended up doing is moonshining in high school. All right. Because when you have a small town, it's really tough to go ahead and buy underage because hypothetically that liquor store owner will say, I was just at your graduation party. Like, I know you're 18. <laughs> come back. And this only started to still Yeah. And so they went ahead and downloaded um, a recipe called, I believe, Jailhouse Hooch is what the name was. And it was grapes, yeast, sugar, water. And they just started going off into the hills in their tree houses and <laughs> just still like literally making moonshine. Did it taste good? Absolutely not. But did it get the job done? And I always make that joke. Uh, plug, chug, chase gets the job done. Eh, that's how they started then, huh? That's right. Yep. So then they came into Detroit and there, there's everyone reads the story of the butcher's warehouse, which is part of the lore. 
Yeah, right? that, that's part of the lure. I always, every spirit has a story that's what connects individuals. And um, on the cover of our Butcher's Cut Bourbon, you've got Grandpa Yogi, who is John Paul Jerome. We call him JP. That's his uh, uh, grandfather who used to be a butcher and a bootlegger in Eastern Market back in the day. So that's what they originally wanted to do. Let's just open up a microbrewery, decided eventually to go ahead and do the spirit route because they believed in Michigan grains. They believed in Michigan climate and um, just the lure of Detroit. Let's go ahead and go up against Bourbon County, Kentucky to see if we can do it. So, yeah, tell, tell us about the uh, hometown farm to, farm to bottle. Yeah, so hometown farm, hometown farm to bottle. So all the grains are from Dexter Mills Farms. When they first started off, Crow's Nest Cooperage, which is right outside of Grand Rapids, and they believed in Michigan climate, all right? So Michigan climate, you can go ahead and age that barrel in um, two years as opposed to four years, all right? Um, you go down to Bourbon County, Kentucky, now, you get that climate. Now, for what, what, as I say, for what they mean by Michigan climate is here we have a true four seasons. Yep. Exactly. So we have a true winter that falls down to zero degrees. We have true summers, which gets to 100 degrees. And everywhere in between, you have the ups and downs and changes in humidity. Obviously, everyone knows that the oak barrels are, are highly susceptible to humidity. And that change in humidity almost gives what, what I've been told, I'm not an expert in this, a breathing effect on the barrels. Correct. It, it breathes them. It brings, it pulls them in, it contracts, it expands which brings in a little bit more of the richer flavors that you guys are allowed to pull um, earlier than four years. Exactly. kind of... That, that's right. That's, that's right on the money. Right, uh, I didn't want to bullshit my way in a no, corner, yeah. but that's no, you're good. Got, okay. That, I mean, that's I'm, Michigan climate. I make, right? the, I make the joke. Um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what season you are in Michigan. I still have to check the weather to find out if I'm wearing flip-flops and a tank top or if I have to wear a sweatshirt. All right. Because <laughs> yeah. it could be 70 degrees in December. It could be frost warnings in April. So when you allow those barrels to go ahead and sit in the Michigan climate, they age exactly like, you know, Mother Nature kind of speeds it up. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. With with a little, uh, I would say there's a richness. Now, I, I'm sitting here, folks, where, uh, Jeff, what are, what are you sitting uh, sipping on right now? I am sipping on the, uh, I believe this is the Straight Bourbon Reserve. And uh, you guys got a couple medals for these bourbons, right? This is the Butcher's Cut. Yeah, Butcher's Cut is what put us on the map when we first started because it was so young and we submitted to the American Distillation Institute Blind Taste Testing Contest, Bourbon County, Kentucky. Ended up winning a gold medal, voted best bourbon in the United States, category of age under two years. Okay. Now, there's a little Say bit of that a backstory Wait, that JP is going to talk about later on when we have him here regarding this bourbon. Am I correct? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. He, can, he can speak way more better. Um, better, way better. Better testament yep, than that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is just perfect. This is perfect. So what do and you see with the butcher's cut? What are you seeing? What are you smelling when, when this comes up to your nose? Because you've got the nose for this stuff. I know what I'm not smelling. Okay. Now that you're saying this is younger than four years. Yeah. So this okay. is, yeah, this is two years in my, so it's two years, it says two years. It's about two years, nine months. Folks, I want you to do it. just put, put your hand in your pocket and reach down and then lift it up and look at it. Okay. That you know, and I know that when you have a bourbon that's under four years, especially the two years, it, it, a lot of these distilleries come up empty. You reach in your pocket and you got nothing. This is really different. I've already caught myself. It's just really, really different. Okay. Here's a fun trick too. When you open up your palate, go ahead, get the bar dirty. That's why we're in a speakeasy. You want to pour that on your hands. But what Garrett's doing is uh, we're, we're going to take you guys through. A, we're going to do a little off center. He is going to talk about opening up his palate. And what he's doing is he just went ahead. He poured a little bit of the bourbon into his hand. Just a cup. I'd say maybe, what, three drops, four drops? Yeah. Three, four drops. Right. And then I'm going to roll my hands together. Get my hands wet. Yep. And then one, two, three. Take a big whip. Go. And what we did was we cupped our hands over our nose. You get that ethanol. Yes, you do get the ethanol for sure. And this is the fun part. You wave your hands out, literally jazz hands it out. Now what's happening is that ethanol is going to go ahead and sneak off. Okay. And then literally me, Jeff, and Mike are all going to give a plot to everybody listening. This is literally what they call applauding your whiskey. 
Now, take a test of that smell now. Look at that charred oak. I do get a lot of charred oak on that. Okay, so what we did was, uh, let me take you guys through it. Take your hand, take your left hand, make a cup. Put yourself three or four drops of the whiskey that you're, when you're starting, this is just starting out for a full night of drinking. Uh, you're gonna open up your palate, right? You're gonna open up your palate. You're gonna rub your hands together, get them wet with the bourbon, and you're gonna sniff in, you're gonna sniff in, take a second or two, and then you're gonna wave your hands out, out to the side. Now you're gonna shake off all the ethanol, out the ethanol. You're gonna clap a few times. And then you cup your hands back over your nose and smell again. And what that does is it is, and it actually is, now I'm going to go back and try it. I'm going to go into the That's glass. So that opened up your palate, and now you get those flavor notes of the 68% oh, color. See? Are you 100%. kidding me? You're, you're talking to a guy that has no nose. I Okay. <laughs> See how the taste is different? A lot of whiskey drinkers get that connotation that all whiskey's the same, but you have to open up your palate and get it going. Holy shit. It is coming through. Yep. Well, there's caramel. I'm what I'm getting is really American oak, real oak. Yes, sir. I'm getting real oak, and there's a grain in there. Yes, sir. That's not quite corn. What am I getting? You're getting 68% corn, 27% rye, and 5% malted barley. I'm definitely picking up a lot of the rye spice on it, yep. more so than nope. the corn. Mm -hmm. I get me. the spiciness on my tongue. On the tongue, but yes. as far as a nose, though, I don't get much of that. What I get is a, it's a, so, I don't know why it's coming across. It's more of a softer, like bread dough. I'm getting a bread dough taste smell that's unique that I haven't gotten before. So this is going to be one of my first two years. I've already had a couple drinks of it and I'm not biased. As you guys know, we tell the foolproof truth. Garrett, I'm going to look at you. If I drink this and I don't like it, um, yeah, definitely. Tell well, me. But knowing you guys from Detroit, you guys probably kick my ass. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna poo poo it. These guys are tough. To, hey, by the way, they may be nice. The people from Detroit may be cool. They will kick your ass. <laughs> so yes, so you, you're, you're just gonna get clubbed. You're gonna. You're out of here. Uh, but I, I'm staring at a a, a, a Don God, not Don Gotti. I'm looking at a. Uh, I'm looking at this this bottle here. The butcher's cut. Right. It's got knives in the background hanging up. It looks like an old Italian. He's got he's got a gangster look to him, right? The number one thing I always ask is that is that Harvey Keitel on the bottle? <laughs> I, you know, I I don't know, but I do like the old, old nineteen it's all all nineteen twenties early art deco before art deco. This is pre art deco. Um yeah. the the design on the label. Very impressive bottle. Now a lot of our Folks that listen to us, they don't give a shit about the bottle. They want to know what's inside. So, Jeff, take us through uh, your taste from beginning to end. What would you well, get? I definitely got the smells of ethanol. I'm not going to bullshit you. I got the ethanol on the nose for sure. But on the palate, I've got a lot of rye for me. It's just an overwhelming rye, rye spice to me. Mike's shaking his head. No, but for me, I got a lot of rye on it. I could definitely pull the rye out for I this I did not get ethanol. And this is what just my, a little I little bit. I, no, it's not I overwhelming. Am, not me. I, I'm, what I'm getting is that it, not, not the word glue, but it's more dough, and okay. it's but it's young. I for a two year or a so three you're picking year, up the yeast. I am not picking up ethanol, okay. and, and that's what's blowing me away is that for something young, you don't get you don't get shot in the face with 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 ethanol. It's right? not overwhelming by any means, but I can definitely pull it out. So. Drier. It, it, it's flavorful, that's for sure. It is. We're looking at um, the proof on this. Is 100 proof? Yep, that's 100 proof. Comes out of the distillate, comes out at what proof? I believe JP might be able to speak better at right around like 120 to 116. Gotcha, gotcha. And it's not drinking like 100 proof. It's definitely smooth. Yeah. Definitely smooth. I, I'm, I'm, People get shocked a lot of times when yeah. they sample it and they say, was this 94? Is it 90? Yes. And I said, no, it's 100. There's no burn whatsoever. No, yeah. That no is where I was I was hoping that you'd take me to it. Now, no now, I'm catching a secondary flavor on the back, okay? And that's the little bit younger oak, but it's not bitter. Okay. I'm still not getting the spices like you're getting, right? Um, Definitely get the spice. For a two-year-old bourbon, there is no burn. Would you, so, is this a, is a buy? Is this a sell? Is this a swill? I, I would definitely purchase this bottle today, for yeah. sure. Well, uh, let's see if I get the right button this time. Nope. 
There it is, right there. You gonna go with it? Yeah, I'm going. All right, with this it. is a buy for you. Yes. All right, let's move How about on. You? Yeah, I'm, I'm a buy also. So let's go on to the next one. Um, you said we can get this wet. Can we get the floor wet? You want the floor wet? Yeah. Go ahead. Bourbon down. Bourbon down. Bourbon down. Okay. No. And we're gonna move on to our next taste test. And as we do that, um, you told me a little bit of a story, Garrett. You told me a little bit about when you guys were in Kentucky. You guys walked into Kentucky like gangsters, like you own the place, right? Tell me a little bit about that, uh, your experience at the American Distillate Institute and that competition that you guys did. Well, so when I say we, um, we got Michael Forsyth, who is our uh, like co-owner. He's the face of the company. What ended up happening is once we won that gold medal over there at the American Distillation Institute and we got that gold medal, it is very funny to me. And as a Detroiter, I'm super proud of this because I understand when we got the gold medal and were presented the judges in Bourbon County, Kentucky, because that's all a blind taste testing contest. All right. They okay. have no idea. There's no politics involved. Judges have no ideas what they're drinking. You can't buy first place by putting, you know, an ad in a publication. So what ends up happening is we get booed. And a lot of people say, why did you get booed? It's more of a fun boo. And you understand that as a Detroiter, it is like uh, Detroit, Michigan, losing a Coney dog contest to another state. That's so, exactly what it let was. Let me ask you this. So the judges, are like, like, have a little bit of fun. judges are like, God damn it. Did we vote for a non? Did, did so Ohio people, submit? Did, did, did Ohio ever do anything? You kind of smile. You kind of laugh. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like sports. So people know? were shocked that the Detroit bourbon came in and kicked some ass. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> and that's Detroit. what we love. Hey, and that's what we do. Yeah. This is Detroit. This is what we do. This is what we do. Sorry, guys. I, I mean, we hustle harder. We tried. We do hustle. You guys did hustle harder. I really love the uh, the warehouse. So let me, Jeff, take us through. You did. We did a little bit of a warehouse walkthrough, right? Yeah, we got to see the warehouse, the bottling room. Uh, they do host weddings and the uh, events here. And let me take that upstairs. They, they've got one kick-ass bar upstairs. Definitely, Garrett. Tell uh, tell the people a little bit about that bar, the history behind it. Bar behind the history, um, super fun. It was because this was the old Stroh's ice cream factory back in the day during Prohibition. Um, and someone reached out to our owners and said, I have a bar in a carriage house from Indian Village that used to exist in southwest Detroit. Uh, my late husband would be super excited about, you know, someone taking over the old Stroh's ice cream factory. You can have it only terms of condition is you have to come get it. So it was 14 trips back and forth disassembled. And then they put it upstairs. And as Jeff and Mike, you saw pretty much reassembled like a, you know, old, old tree house, but it stands, it's good. It's an amazing bar. And that's what we use for all of our weddings, events, et cetera. So, and it's got a lot of wear and tear on it, which brings out so much character of the bar itself. Every bar, every bar needs wear and tear on it. Yeah, for sure. You know? yeah. Makes it smell like cigar, tobacco, chew, and cheap. So, so what he's looking at right now is the small batch Detroit no, City bourbon. Not the small batch. That's not the small batch. Four, four grain. No, so that's the small batch. Okay, good for me. I can't read. But <laughs> I, I'm reading four grain, but maybe uh, I'm. Am I wrong? Yes, yeah, that's our four grain reserve right the there. Four grain reserve. I do apologize for that. And tell tell us about oh, the. Uh, I like it. So the four grain reserve. So what the butchers. What, What's the percentages in there? What you got? So what the, so we got the percentage in here. You got 57% Michigan corn. All right. You got 19% rye. They upped the barley to 12%. And then they added 12% Michigan red winter wheat. So the difference between these two, that's your traditional. The 12% butchers. barley. Yep. 12% wheat. Yep. Exactly. So that, that's, that's a higher or the same as Weller. For their wheat content. If I'm being honest, I'm not 100 percent sure. All right, folks, when you go on uh when you're since you're listening to us here at the Foolproof Truth Bourbon Podcast, go ahead and hit us up on our Facebook page. It's a wonderful opportunity for you guys to correct us, us goofballs, and uh correct us and tell us what is the Weller wheat percentage. What are we hearing in the background, Jeff? Uh, I believe that's a high low, am I right? That's a high low. You got Jake, our master distiller. He's a delivery, he's Working 24-7 that we do over here, guys. So. This is live, that's, folks. That's JP over there. Yeah. The owner. 
on the high low. Yes, sir. Putting in work. I love this town. Putting in work. Okay, so why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break right now? When we come back, we're going to pick up with the foregrain where we're at, okay? All right, we'll see you on the flip side. Hey guys, we're back from a little short break. We were gone, but you didn't notice. Garrett, we, we want to talk to you about the 150th birthday uh, Prohibition bourbon you guys did here. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh yeah, the 150th uh, for the uh, Detroit News. Um, Detroit News contacted us because they were selling 150 uh, their 150th birthday. I didn't realize this. The Free Press and the Detroit News are were in print before the New York Times. Um, okay. which is actually kind of shocking. But what they um, what they did is they said, you know something, we want to do a collaboration. You got the Detroit News celebrating 150 years and Detroit City Distillery, Detroit News, Detroit City Distillery. It just made sense. And this bourbon was so popular. You said it sold out in what, 23 sold minutes? Sold out in about 23 minutes. So and what they did is they came down and they picked a single barrel, um, which is uh, about 116 proof. And what they did is they made an amazing label, made an amazing promotion for it. And it was one of our most popular bourbons that sold out aside from our honey bourbon. Um, and it was just a really fun collaboration that goes on with Detroit City Distillery. We love community. We love the city of Detroit. We love quality products. And for the Detroit News to go ahead and reach out to us, do that collaboration. It was one of our most fun, amazing products. Did a whole release at our tasting room. And it was a really, really fun time. Um, and that's, again, what brings bourbon and people together, in my opinion. It well, was amazing. And now I'm going to reach out to the folks in the suburban areas, right? So we're talking about Rochester, Birmingham, up in Grand Blanc, Flint, uh, all the way north of us, and a little bit south of us, too, down there in the uh, lower areas, right? Um, from the Monroe and such. Everyone who, who left Detroit, everyone needs to hear uh, the city is just not on a rebound, but they're knocking it out nationally, right? They're, I mean, the whole inside of the city has been turned inside out and brought up to speed and modernized. Um, highly recommend. You can actually come down, spend an entire day down Detroit City. You're going to learn a lot that you just didn't know. So we welcome you guys to come down to the Detroit City Distillery. Uh, right now we have in our hands, we're drinking, we're, we're going to move on to our second of our four and we're going to pick up the pace. Tell us a little bit about what you got in your hand, Jeff. I'm still drinking on the uh, the foregrain. Okay, what you got? What do you, what do you I smell? Just absolutely love it. For whatever reason, I like it better than the first one we did. Um, definitely has a smoother taste. Definitely has a better smell to it as well. And I think they're going to crack open the rye right here. There's an open one right here. I like oh, we're going to pop open a fresh one here, guys, with oh, the rye. I want the old. Okay, I'll take this one too. Okay, uh, that's okay. Sure, that's why so, not? So you are a four grain guy. I am not. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. When when I when I drink a four grain, those and, and folks out there at the Foolproof Truth Bourbon Podcast, you know that just because I'm sitting in a uh, distillery, I'm not going to blow these guys, right? I'm I'm, I'm just going to tell you the absolute truth Full of what truth. I'm tasting. Full truth. I, yeah. I, I got to ask though, going back to that that birthday bourbon you guys did, approximately how many bottles were sold? I think about almost like uh, 2,500. That is amazing. In 23 minutes. Yep. Now, was it only available here? Only available here at the tasting room across the street. You had to buy it um, online. And tell the listeners what time the tasting room hours are. Tasting room, you got, you got Wednesday through Sunday. Wednesday through Friday, it's 4 p.m. to uh, midnight. And then Saturdays, we open at 10 a.m. Those are a really fun time. We got this whole street bar set up. Um, that's till midnight as well. Sundays, super simplistic, really fun. I call them Sunday fun days, uh, noon to six. Perfect, perfect. Yep. How do you like the rye, sir? I haven't gotten to it yet. You haven't gotten to it yet. Um, I'm definitely getting and I, to and it. And I guess I'm not talking about the foregrain. Mm, no, you're not. You're talking about the rye. That okay. rye is 97% Michigan homegrown rye, 3% barley. Holy shit. So we always make the joke, two people love that rye. People that love rye and people that thought they would never love rye. I got to be honest with you. It doesn't punch me with that overwhelming spiciness. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, but it does have flavor. It this does is a have flavor. 
Yep. Real liar. True story. Correct, Garrett. Yep. Jamie, who you come met. On, Jamie, come who on. you met with when you came in. She was uh, so she's our sales manager. Is really a two year. She yep, that's really a two year. Okay, she, guys. She so didn't like rye before she started working with us. After she set, uh, took a sip of that, she says, "I think I'm a rye fan, but only a Detroit City Distillery <laughs> rye fan." Okay, so right off the top, I am not getting ethanol. Nope. Which is what's typical in any, even most, in a lot of four years, is going to get a whiff of ethanol off the top. Um, I'm not getting that herbal grassiness. Um, just to, I'm getting a hint of that, like you get with a rye. Um, and being a two year, you would think you would have more ethanol in it, but it's just not there. Uh, I'm just, this is what's, it's blowing, just not it's there. Just what's blowing me away. So there is something, I think there is something to that Michigan weather. Oh, definitely. I think there's something to it. Um, I am catching a little clove, a hint of spice in the front, not pepper. It's not pepper though. So I just can't get past the overwhelming smoothness and lack of just that rye punch you get. It is just very smooth and easy so, going. So to me, when it when it hits your palate, it it, it doesn't hit it. It lands. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, I'm like catching that. it. It lands on your palate, right up front. Um, I get sweet oak. I get rye. Right in the middle, you get just a little bit of spice, but then it tapers, and it falls off. And what I love about this, folks, is there's nothing offensive. It's it it's tailored. It seems like you've got a tailored product here, and I don't know how you guys do it. Okay, so there's a compliment in there somewhere because I'm uh, and I'm a rye guy. Everyone knows I drink the Old Forester, 128 proof full bourbon. Um, right, I'm a fan as well. I'm a full <laughs> yeah. It's 100% rye, 100% uh, single barrel. Just a mouthful of it, right? This one here, I'm getting the same hint of cherry. And I got that right in the middle, okay? And caught my attention because I'm like, what does this remind me of? Now, this is still, this is That's only- It's funny you say that because I get tart pomegranate on that, but it's okay. like almost pretty much the same like note. So I think you're spot on. I, I'm not. I'm terrible at this. But what I will tell you is the for the rye, this is a 94 proof. Um I'm, I'm just pretty, I'm comfortable to say that this is, this is going to be in my top 30% of my rise. Okay. It really is. It really is. And, and that's saying a lot. So with that being said, Jeff, you and I have one more to try, but before we do that, I understand, uh, here at the distillery, you guys had a competition, uh, with some experimental bottles. You did something with like, you had the, the house, and you guys had a bunch of different blends. Can you take me through that and how you guys came up with now your and you guys are gonna have something on the market here that represents the best of the best of the best. Tell me about that. Tell me about the story. So it was fun. It was it was a couple years back, and you gotta give credit to our owners. What they ended this is why I love Detroit City Distillery, is they include everybody. And so what ended up happening is they uh, they had every single employee from you know, like the sales team, from bartenders, etc. And you got to mix and match your own blend. And then after you did that, they had about, I believe, six, six to eight different styles of blending of your own whiskey. And they invited a, a bunch of our like mega fans. All right. They invited a bunch of our mega fans and they came in and we had a party and everyone got to vote on what the top three were. And so they labeled them the gangster, they labeled them the meat man, and they labeled them the thief. And you had to win to go ahead, and that's exactly what they did. All of these like bourbon heads, as I'm gonna say. Like, so you guys went out from the corner, each one of you guys got to go take what a bunch of different blends or di different yep. types of rice, different concentrations, yep. or was it different you know, years? JP just took a bunch, he took a bunch of whiskeys. And he went ahead and said, go ahead and make your own blend. Make your it's own fun. blend, huh? And then, yeah. And then, so we got uh, the meat man, we got the gangster, and we got the thief. Was there any significance behind those names or is it just random? Um, nope. It's, it's it's kind of like still like an ode to Detroit. So you had the meat man um, is because it's in a meat market. Gotcha. You had the gangster because it was named after like the purple gang. Then you had the thief 
which was named after uh, Esmeralda, who used to be one of the only female bootleggers in the city during Prohibition. Nice Excellent. Great, Excellent. great yeah. knowledge. Great knowledge. Uh, you guys got some pretty cool things coming up. I noticed when we were doing our tour, I saw a barrel that was labeled Toasted. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yep. We're, uh, so we're doing toasted barrels. Um, if you notice on the date, it's about 2000 and I think 23 or 24. Okay. Um, that'll be available in about, I'd say, like two years. Okay. Um, that's the fun thing and the pain in the ass about bourbon is you have to wait. Got to wait. You know, now, there's some more aged things coming out as well yeah yeah we got a lot of fun projects i always and i'm not you know i'm not trying to be a salesman or advertiser but follow detroit city distillery sign up for our newsletter sometimes stuff gets released and me as a brand ambassador i don't even know what's going on i have to ask the distiller jp up it's like what is that and it's because oh that'll be released in about two years any plans on expansion um as far as that goes we are kind of sitting on like a very, very big production kind of like part where we're at right now. Okay. Um, JP might know more about that. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Well, oh, what are you getting into here? Oh, no. Well, let, let's see what I'm What making. are you spilling all over the I'm place? I'm making a mess. I am making a mess. You know what? I'm going to use this to just clear my palate. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Perfect. There you go. Um, What are we doing here? I am walking into our fourth bourbon we've had no we've had three bourbons in a rye um which sounds like a band that i'm going to start pretty soon three bourbons, bourbons one rye <laughs> and now we're delving into what we call our bloodline whiskey Ooh, Ooh. Gotta try, gotta try. so this is gotcha. not a bourbon which means you're not 50 percent corn yep exactly so tell this, me about this this is 60 percent michigan winter wheat 40 percent barley say it one more time 60 percent michigan winter wheat 40 percent barley why is it called bloodline bloodline because it's in our blood to make whiskey in the city of detroit <laughs> you hear that kentucky <laughs> we're coming for you <laughs> No, no hey, my, ser from, from seriously, my, you know what, though, you got, I don't want to, I'm not throwing them under the bus because besides having an incredible um, horse racing down there, they have an incredible bloodline themselves of making some of the best whiskeys in the world. Yeah, for they sure. Do. Coming out of Kentucky. Absolutely. Let's not bullshit anyone here at the Foolproof Truth Podcast. Um, I'm not just partial to uh, certain regions, but I do always, we like to throw general shade back at different groups. Yes, You're sir. never going to hear me say the kindest things about Texas. Uh, I, I, you'll have to, if someone pays me enough, I think I could talk about Ohio. But uh, at the end of the day, when you're from Michigan, uh, we do pay homage to uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. Yes, sir. Uh, the Highlands of Scotland. Take my hat off to those. They're, they're very rich, rich history. Yeah. So it, it's yeah, not I'm like... A, I'm it's, an Isla fan. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's not like we're, um, we're, we're snobbing it up for the local area. This here, uh, lots of sweet aromas. You're talking about the bloodline. Yeah, fruity. Very 90, fruity. 94 proof. Yeah, very fruity. Right. And, and how many years is this? That's uh, two years as well. And you guys heard me uncork it and then spill it all over the fucking bar, right? Yes, that sir. That was nice did. and loud. That's okay. That's what the and bar is for. And the cork kicked my ass and all that other Don't get discouraged right? because it's a two-year bourbon. You guys, a lot of you snobs out there will think, oh, my God, it's a two-year bourbon. It's garbage. Not a damn thing we've tasted today was bad. Not Seriously? a damn thing. Not a damn thing. You're, you're talking about you beat up on, I mean, I beat up on Weller SR. Not a damn thing was bad. I bet I beat up on Buffalo Trace. No, this is the foolproof truth. Not a damn thing we've tasted was bad here. I don't have. Here's what, here's what caught my attention. There's no sting. There's no Not true. There's no burn on the end. I, I've, I'm getting E.H. Taylor notes on this. This one right here, this bloodline. And that, and that you got to pat yourself on the back for that, Detroit City. because th this Zip your really pants back up, Gary. You got him excited. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Well, what's fun about the bloodline? You got <laughs> fun about bloodline whiskey, and I'm speaking just candidly, you know, you could fact check it. I don't have 100% facts, but allegedly, Detroit, Michigan is one of the biggest purchasers of Irish whiskey in the United States. Yes, sir. So you've got Jameson, Tullamore Dew, mm. et cetera. This is kind of an ode to an Irish whiskey, which is primarily going to be wheat and barley. All right. So when we went ahead and did this, you've got the barley, you've got the wheat, then you've got the bloodline whiskey. Well, you can only buy this here at the factory or the tasting room bar across the street in Eastern Market. Well, now that's two things now. 
Okay. Yeah. And, and, and folks pay attention. If you're, if you're not taking notes on this, cause this is probably our most extensive deep dive into, cause to be honest, I, I came here uh, a little bit on the critique side. Um, I wanted to be critical. I wanted to be uh, truthful with the folks out there, the folks out in California, uh, folks in Japan. Uh, you know, you're hearing me and you know, I'm from Michigan, Detroit. So I don't want to just, you know, knock up my hometown and get them pregnant. But what I'm, what I'm feeling is um, there is something there. It's kind. The word kind has hit me like three times that you don't get with any other four year, let alone a two year. So this bloodline though, now I am catching more herbal. I am catching right in the middle. I am catching that. Definitely floral. The high floral barley on it. Yeah. Garrett, is mm. there any differentiation between the batches? Well, I'm, I was still giving my, I, do I was giving my, but yeah, you, you got to get in when you fit in, Mike. Garrett, can you reach over and give him a little nose touch or something? Uh, no, I'm, I'm still with this. I'm three stooges style. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oh, uh, you look at the car that's on this blue line. Cool. What do you guys have on this? This is that's a Model a T, and when we when Model we Model T, yes, it when, is. When, oh, when we released that, we actually had someone. Um, it was a pastor. I forget his name. Pastor Jim, I think. Pastor John. Let's go with Pastor we, John. We, we pulled up Michael Force. Like I don't know how he pulled this off. He's a genius when it comes to marketing. A Model T pulled up with a case of that. Shit, that's great no. stuff. I, uh, cool. I I am not loving this as much as I am uh, some of the others, but what I am catching right off the front. So th this is going to draw people from around the state to come down to the distillery to get this bloodline off your shelf. Because I catch here, here I'm going to take you through the full thing. The smell right off the bat has nice, nice oak, sweet, caramel, herbal. So mm -hmm. it's a blend. It's pretty good. Um, I'm sweet up front with oak. Right in the middle, I catch herbal. I'm not a fan of it, so I don't love it. But when it comes down at the back end, what sits on the back end is more oak. I get more oak, a touch more sweet, a little bit of fruit. And it, the, the fruit is what sat on the back end of my palate, which made me say, I want another sip of this. So on the front of it is where I'm picking up the fruit. Mm. And on the back is where I'm picking up the oak. And yeah. that's what makes us unique. People make fun of me when I when I give nope. my tasting note at the end of it. Um, I get oak, cherry, and yeah. basil. Definitely, basil. Definitely. I get basil at the end. Interesting. Now, goddamn, for a two-year-old, I'm having a hard bottle? time. Jeff, I'm gonna put you on the spot. <sighs> I'm gonna put you on the spot because it's a have, buy. We have, it's a buy. You get a buy. It's a buy. That's a buy. The bloodline? That's a buy. Are you traveling? Are you traveling from Traverse City or across from uh, Grand Rapids to come grab this uh, bloodline? Because I, I I might. Hell yeah. Really? Especially if you're coming here for a visit? Hell yeah. You can't get this anywhere else. No. Come get it. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, get two bottles. Here is, I'm, we're going to go around the horn now. We're going to talk about ranking favorite to least favorite. Everyone's got to have a favorite. Everyone's got to have a least favorite. Garrett, I'm going to let you go first. Rank it. Which one's your favorite out of all four of these? All right. Remember, I made the joke. It's like asking who your favorite friend, relative is. It depends on what mood you're in. If I'm if I'm going to rank it, so I have to do the golf score? No. No. Just, just, just what? what, what, what? Butcher's <laughs> Cup Bourbon, number one, that is my go-to. That's what... Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's what yep. you got to go ahead and sip to. If I'm going ahead and relaxing having individuals over making cocktails i'm gonna go right okay, okay? Mm -hmm. the homegrown mm -hmm. right if i'm at home and i want to relax and just make a little bit of a manhattan i love sipping and making a manhattan or putting the bloodline or sorry the um four grain on ice if i'm going out and i'm hanging out with the guys i love taking shots of the bloodline Gary, you touched my heart because you talked about a Manhattan, and I am a Manhattan fan. Definitely want to try that one day. There so you go. Which one? What, how so about that you? that being said, well, let's go in order of lifestyle. <laughs> Blood, our uh, butcher's cut first. Rye second. Mm -hmm. Four grain third. Bloodline last. But that's, but that's special occasion. 
That's a special case. That's oh, that's right. when you want to go ahead. How about and you, Jeff? Yep. What do you got? Jeff is definitely going with the four grain first. Then I'm going to go with the uh, the bloodline. Then the rye. Then the butcher's cut. Gotcha. And I'm going to I'm going to flip completely away from you guys. Uh -oh. And and sorry, folks. Um, we do this to you guys all the time. We don't leave you with a clear answer because at the end of the day, it's your palate that tells a story. But I fell in love with the rye. I'm staying with the rye. It is my absolute favorite. I love favorite. that answer. I it, really love it, that it answer. It starts, it starts and ends um, all day long where I can drink half the, God bless America bottle. Um, the, the butcher's cut all day long. All day long is my second one. I mean, I couldn't believe for a two-year, it actually, to me, it drinks like a six-year. Yep. It really does. And and so I'm happy there. And then, of course, at the back end is the uh, the bloodline. You no, that's not the back end. That bloodline actually is really almost a tie. I could almost tie it with the butcher's cut. I could put them together. But if I had to make a choice, I'm going rye, butcher's cut, bloodline, and then the four grain at the end. You can't put the four grain at the end. I'm sorry. Good for you. You can't do Good that. for Put you. Put the four grain at the top. Good for you. And you guys, we're going to come back from break. We're going to wrap up here. We're going to take a little bit of break. But you guys just heard Mojo Mike and Mr. Jeff with our guest today is Mr. Garrett at the uh, Detroit Distillery. We are the Foolproof Truth Bourbon Podcast. We'll catch you on the backside. And we are back at the uh, Foolproof Truth Bourbon Podcast. We have brought in Mr. J.P. Jerome. You are the owner of uh, Detroit City Distillery. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Good job. Uh, Gary, you've done a great job working the horses today, right? You, you, you've taken us around the, the stable. And uh, you were giving us a little insight on this bespoke that was put together. Tell us a little bit about it. So this is something that this is something that you can only this is the experience you can only get. If you're traveling from Kentucky and you're making your way into Detroit and you're saying, hey, I heard about the uh, you guys think you're good at the bourbons. Huh? Well, you're going to come down here to the Tri-City uh, Distillery. And uh, what are we going to find down here? It's a little bit unique. What are you going to find down here is unique is you like I was saying, you have your normal public tours and it is a very great experience. But for the bourbon heads like yourself, myself, JP, um, it is. What I did is I did a lot of research of what you could do to go ahead and have a speakeasy experience during Prohibition during Detroit. Um, yeah, see the bars on wheels. Yep. You want to have the bars on wheels um, because, you know, if, if the police used to show up, you want to have it in a gated spot. Which I you see want, the gates up there. Yep. You yep, wanted yep. to lock the gates if the police came and you wanted to be able to wheel the bar out Um and hide behind the barrels. So the, the, the visual I'm seeing, guys, they've created like an L shape here. And they got gates up in the front. If something did went down, you shut the gates. You're surrounded by barrels. And you can actually hide this uh, if you needed to, huh? Yep, exactly. And one of my favorite movies is Robin and the Seven Hoods with Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack. Um, watch that. And you'll see where I got that idea from. For sure. For yep, sure. Exactly. Well, Garrett, thank you very much for everything that you've um given us it's been um an experience and i'm talking about it's not the jimmy henderson experience maybe a little better it's a garrett experience but now we have ourselves jp uh tell us a little bit about your background you started and you have yourselves quite a degree don't you uh yeah so um long ago my uh so my background is in science for the most part okay go ahead I uh, did an undergrad degree in science at the uh, University of Michigan, and then I didn't know what I wanted to do. So my first real job was as a Bell's Brewery intern. So I was one of the first interns at Bell's um, long ago, the early 2000s. And um, I had a great time. I learned a ton about making beer, you know, some of the best beer still, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. from Bells. And so I got a lot of brewing experience there and then a lot of quality control experience. I worked in the in the brew house, the cellar, um, packaging, and then finally in the QC, QA lab. Yeah, but Bells. now you're an owner of a yes. distillery. Yeah. Yep. Tell yep. me about what that feels to you to start with 
a bar napkin, mm-hmm. an idea, and a hangover or a buzz, and yeah. how it got to this. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if did did Garrett run run you no. through the. Go ahead, take the, you, you through you. The, I'm going to hear through your yeah. eyes. The DCD. And, and this is for all the folks out there yeah. that are listening. You're, you're in Hawaii right now, or they're in Japan, yeah. or they're they're overseas right now, mm-hmm. right? And they're listening to. God, what was what is a young fella? Because you're a young fella. I'm looking across yeah. from a guy who's he's not in his 60s and 70s. No, nope. uh, he doesn't have spit jaw coming down his draw. No. Right? <laughs> he's a young he's a young fella. A couple more know, years, but yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, but you had something to start with, and and here we are mm-hmm. in your backyard. Tell us about it. So this this whole idea for this distillery came about. Um, I had actually left Bell's. I was doing a graduate degree um, at Michigan State, and one of my best buddies from childhood, somebody I've known since we were two years old, um, he was gonna get he was getting married. So we were gonna have a bachelor party. So we went up to way up in the middle of nowhere in Canada. So we're sitting around on a rock, basically. Took a boat out to this rock, little non-traditional bachelor party, um, just a bunch of dudes. And we're sitting there drinking, you know, pretty bad whiskey. Some cheap Canadian whiskey, Jack Daniels, whatever whatever we could get our hands on. Um, and I have the brewing background, as I described and one of one somebody said eventually you know it was a drunken weekend but somebody said we should start a brewery and then somebody said oh shit there's a brewery on every street corner you know that's that's played out we don't even like especially in detroit which has won i mean countless microbrewery awards around the world Mm -hmm. countless and y'all want to take a joke about it but if you ever do want to come and see yourself on the waters in Detroit, uh, we have this golden body of water called Lake St. Clair mm-hmm. right out in front of us. Okay. Um, it is replenished every 2.7 days. It receives water from Port Huron mm-hmm. on its way as a tributary on its way down to Lake Erie. Okay. So we would call this, I think it should be called the sixth, sixth great lake. Um, it is a fishing mecca. I spend most of my weekends de-stressing. Mm-hmm. If it's not bass, walleye, perch, muskie. Yeah. I mean, but all of those are hardy, hardy year-round perch. They're all hardy year-round clear water fish. Yes. And you have to have a clean environment. You have to have moving water. And you have to have relatively cold, rocky bottom to get yourself. Now, these are the waters. These are the pure waters you guys are using. You're pulling. I mean, this is what the Detroit municipality uses as mm-hmm. their freshwater system. Yep. When I understand out of Detroit, they actually have the lowest um, balancing in the entire country for our freshwater coming out of Lake St. Clair because it's just that good. Right. Okay. True. You guys are using? Yes. We use water straight from straight from the city, the old municipal system. From uh, DW rated best in the, one of the best in the country. Yep, we okay. do. Get I know this we question. heard we heard bad yep. stuff coming out of Flint. Yep, the the whole Flint story was because they had a fifty year old shutdown system that they were forced to open up much faster than they expected, and those pipes that were sitting for fifty right. years were untreated. That is not, and I repeat, folks, that is not to be misconstrued with the Detroit system, which is by far one of the best in the country. We do have one of the best water system, municipal water systems in the country. And yeah, we do get the question all the time. All the time. The Flint water crisis that made the national news, it's an entirely different source of water. In fact, they switched from the Detroit system at the time. Well, they, they're draining from Huron into Saginaw, and it wasn't even the water that was a problem. It was the piping system right. that lay dormant for so exactly. long, and they were forced uh, to come online much faster than mm-hmm. they wanted to, and they couldn't properly retreat their piping. And that, that in a nutshell, and that's what takes care of that correct. end of the thing. For you, Detroit Silly this Detroit city distillery, you guys are coming in. You guys have all your local stuff here. Mm -hmm. I understand you're so local. You guys got something upstairs that's unique. Yeah. I I noticed that the, uh, one of your partners came through and he was holding a bottle of honey. 
Yep. You got your own yep. beehives. Yeah, absolutely. We've had. What? Um, wait, 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 say, wait. Say that again. Yeah, they own their own beehives on the roof. On their roof. Liar. Yes, sir. <laughs> I got Garrett. Am I going to see this? I want to go see it. Yeah, we definitely got to take a look at that <laughs> if, if we can. So, we can. You, what are you making? Can. What are you making with this honey on your roof? So we have had a couple of beehives on our roof for at least five years. Um, there's a couple operations in the city of Detroit that put uh, beehives on top of roofs and they harvest honey from all the green green spaces in the city, essentially. So we have a few here. What Do you know anything about the green spaces that are opening up in Detroit? I don't personally know. How about you? Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple spots where there's been a lot of, um, you know, <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of acres. Yeah, there's a lot of demolition that's happened over the past. Well, you know, twenty since, years. Yeah, yeah, so twenty plus years. Do you want so, me to fill the people in? Sure. Give give yeah. give the people the truth. Um, what has happened in Detroit? The resurgence was you took a uh, a de declining population, and what the city of Detroit decided to do was they moved out those uh, outliers. And they took those areas and they re-greened them. So now we have gardens. There's there's all types of farms that are happening now right yeah. in the deepest. Used to be industrialized. Used to be uh, cities and homes. All those homes from the 1890s, 1910s, and 20s um, were taken down and, and basically re re recycled mm -hmm. right into something better. Yep. E even vacant spaces in the city that are, you know not maintained there's wildflowers and stuff that grows didn't you send me a deer picture the other day yeah that was out by my work uh, out in sterling heights a 10 point 10 pointer well i mean we have mo we have <laughs> we have more pheasants here than any any country spot in do you do you guys harvest your own honey or do you have somebody come in and do that for you so we partner with a couple of folks um one of them is the bees in the d um that's our, they've been, they've had these hives going on our roof here for the last five years. And so they'll come and harvest the honey. Usually we'll do a honey harvest here, a live honey harvest where people can come. We'll, you know, we'll get the public involved. They can watch the honey harvest. They can taste it right off the comb. Um, and we collect that. What do, you we'll, do, what do you do with it? So what we do with it is we make each year, we make our, you know, small, actual small batch i know you guys talk about small batch probably here and there but this is truly small batch a couple of barrels from the honey on the roof for our honey bourbon and so do you have honey and can i purchase that out in town or is it only purchased here on site you can the one the stuff that comes from the roof here the rooftop here can only be purchased on site um hmm. we have in the past year as of last year started sending some out um to different bars and restaurants um but, and it's, but it's just another reason to come from Chicago. Uh -huh. If you're coming from Chicago and Grand Rapids, oh, yeah. just another reason to come walk into this Detroit City Distillery yep. facility. Absolutely. Yeah, right? yeah. You can when buy the that, honey, too. When is that going to be available for purchase? So that is going to come out this um, fall. Every fall we do it, usually late fall. So it's, it's going to be around October, probably November this year. We harvest the honey at the end of the year. We have, we actually put a lot of the honey into used bourbon barrels. So the honey picks up bourbon flavor. We take the honey out, we put bourbon back in, then bourbon picks up the honey flavor, and then we have honey bourbon. Do you have a, for, you have a formula for it? It's pretty unregulated. I mean, it's, you know, the honey is different every year, obviously. Right. But um, you But you have a general purpose. You have a nice, you have, you have a rhythm that you found that brings out the real essence of bourbon with its honey flavor we do we definitely have a process we have a process of you know if we do multiple barrels we're going to take them and we're going to blend them to be what we like every year in in terms of what we like it's not overly honeyed it's not the fake honey yeah yeah jack yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah, it's yeah, actual it's honey. not the caramel the peanut and all that other it's got stuff it's can, got can i tell flavor. you can i tell you what impressed me one of the most impressive parts of uh being on your facility today was hmm. and i'll tell you it, it's just pretty flat out i'm walking around um and everything on the bottle says um you know minimum two years right yes. but right now i'm sitting right behind me i got a i got a butcher's cut that's mm -hmm. 2018 yeah no one knows that that special batch that batch right there is going to be a five and a half year old bourbon right right you've got a couple up there that i saw 2017 mm -hmm. so now you're hitting yourself a six year yeah. Do you have plans to make a 12-year? 
We always have, yeah, we always have plans. Barrels are saved back from each batch. Um, I know Do you our, have a favorite? our statement says two years, but things are probably closer to three, three and a half. Every yeah, year it gets different. It's, say, it's older. Say that one more time. So I mean, our, our statement, our age statement says two years. Um, but as we grow, we put down more and more barrels. We opened up this facility five years ago just for this purpose, to make more, to store more. You know, we're growing it from the ground up. We're not uh, venture capitalist guys that just, you know, buy a million not, barrels. No MPG insight. Yeah. No. There's no MPG insight, right? No. So I noticed during our tour with Garrett that you guys have a toasted barrel on tap. And mm -hmm. I also see behind us a cherry bourbon. Yes. So we're always doing weird, small experiments. So with whiskey, any whiskey that's aged, you know, experiments take years. Yes. So we have, there's probably 50 one-off barrels in here. And you know, how many? Probably what? at least 50 single one-off barrels. Kidding. We've got, this is a, this is butcher's cut bourbon aged or you know, secondarily aging in a cherry brandy barrel. We have some in apple brandy barrels. We have different mash bills. We did what we call the honey bunches of oats, which was uh -huh. honey, honey malt. Um, in oats, but in a bourbon. So it's still mm. mostly corn. Um, we have different yeast mm. experiments. A lot of those barrels, you know, they, they only go from here. Is this the only place that you store your barrels? Do you have you an offsite location? Uh, no, we have our original uh, spot around the corner in, in Eastern Market proper, which is mainly just a, a cocktail bar with a very small pilot distillery behind it. And we have barrel stored here, and we have barrel stored upstairs. We have a small amount of barrels stored in a couple other spots of the building. Any but plans for expansion? We definitely have plans for expansion. We actually um, have properties in two other spots in Michigan that we haven't announced yet um, that'll that'll help with barrel storage because you know our 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 problem is always space for barrels. You know, for you make, sure, you make more and more barrels. We try to get older and older juice. As we go, it means we need more and more space. Okay, as a distiller, let me ask you this question. You see a lot of age-stated bourbons, mm -hmm. four-year, eight-year, 12-year, 15-year, some 23 years. Where's the sweet spot for you? For bourbon? Yeah, what do you find it to be the best? So I think it depends on the bourbon. I think it de uh, on what you put in the barrel. I think it depends on, and that depends on, you know, what you're going for. Okay. We always knew we were going to not, we would be out of business if we waited for 10 years oh, to wow, sell bourbon, right? How are we going to, I mean, we could, we could maybe make vodka for 10 years, but it probably wouldn't, wouldn't work out. We need a lot of money. So, um, if you put very clean, clear new make into the right barrel, you'll get a very good product in a couple of years, three, four, I would say for the way we do it, the sweet spot is around four. Uh, I think the traditional, way of doing distillation down south for bourbon i say seven okay now for the people that don't know there's a really really cool backstory to the butcher's cut bourbon what is that so the story on the butcher's cut is that um the handsome gentleman on the front is my grandfather and he was a butcher obviously butcher's cut bourbon he was a butcher in eastern market for his whole career so after World War II, he came back and it was a union job at the time. And he, he lived and worked his entire career in the market where we've, we've set, up, set up shop um, right now. Interesting. Okay, going off on the lamb here, what is the craziest experiment you guys have for bourbon? Let's see here. The craziest experiment, I think... Well, I would say one of the crazier experiments, it didn't start off that crazy. It's not a crazy idea, but the, the product turned out crazy, was we re-aged a certain blend of bourbon from us here in a peach brandy barrel. Outstanding. And it tastes, it was, it was what I would describe as a refreshing bourbon, which, you know, you don't you don't necessarily hear all the time. It was very, you know, you could sip this right out the barrel at 125 proof on a hot summer day and you still feel 
Well, he just, he just he just went right to the last question that I had for the afternoon was, do you plan on bringing out some barrel-proof, 116 to 130 proof bourbons? We do. We actually do sell a couple of, uh, when we sell a single barrel to a couple of liquor, liquor stores, we, we put it at 116, which is, you know, barrel strength for a lot of our stock here. We've also done small batch releases only from here and only from the tasting room of 120 proof uh, four grain bourbon. That well, started if, during if the pandemic. If someone traveled from out of state and wanted to come up and do a tour of your facility, would they get a chance to taste it? They would absolutely get a chance to taste it. Um, on the bespoke tour, they can taste right from the barrel um, with Garrett. And it's a great, great time if you can handle, you know, a couple of drinks of 125 proof bourbon. Last question for you. Because um, we've actually talked up um, the city to Detroit We've talked a whole lot about uh, the distilleries on the Foolproof Truth Bourbon Podcast. Uh, for you, what is the one thing uh, you get up in the morning as an owner and a master distiller with a PhD, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You get up out of bed. What's your next thought? What's the next thought you've got going forward? Oh, my gosh. I have the next product, the next... What you got? The next... Um, Give me, a, give me a mini scoop. I mean, the mini scoop is that. What you got? Your, your, what we you have two. Yep. Yeah, we have two giant uh, building projects actually right now. So sort of a new headquarters for the distillery, so that we can make more bourbon and we can have more people really? here. Okay. Two okay. So for you, it's more on the corporate level. You guys have you're doing so well with what you got. You've got to make that next move. Yep. That, I mean, that that's, that's going to be huge for that, a fellow, you know. Yeah, that makes that gets me excited. I mean, we employ it's it's fun to, you know, it feels good to have 30 people here in well-paying positions that we've created from Scratch. zero. Um, I mean, that that's what makes me feel good on like a, a large scale level. Obviously, what we all love in production is making new weird stuff. I don't think it's weird. I think I it's pretty it, I mean, and the weird, sometimes the weirder, the better, you know, but well, like I, I'm coming take, up with new ideas and just trying things, we get to do it. I'm going to take you backwards because what I see, I have four bottles in front of me. I have three bourbons or excuse me. I have two bourbons. I have a whiskey mm-hmm. and then I have a rye. Okay. Now it seems you guys hit all four of those marks you hit those four marks and it seems to me like you guys are staying really focused on those because what you do, you do really well mm-hmm. with the ability to move to a 12 year, right. move to a barrel proof, mm-hmm. expand your lineup nice and slow and controlled. Is that, is that kind of where you guys are at? That is, that is pretty much where we're at. I mean, when we do come out with new things, usually it starts small, just like the honey started small. We've done bonded butcher's cup bourbon. Um, it's always small, a barrel here at the taste barrel at the tasting room, a barrel here from the factory, a barrel for our whiskey club. Um, the the next thing we do have coming though is our butcher's cut, secondarily aged in some toasted barrels. So I, I know cannot you guys wait for that. I've heard I about toasted. Like you've talked about that like three times today. Yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead. I, I'm a toasted yeah. bourbon fan and I love it and yeah. I can't wait to sample yours. Well, it, it, I mean, it basically takes, if you have something good, it takes it and adds two or three more layers onto that okay, So, so some, some people don't know what the toasted means. Can you explain a little bit on that? So essentially we're taking already aged um, what could be finished and put in a bottle bourbon, but we're instead taking it and putting it into another second secondary barrel um, that's toasted. So it's not charred new oak like your new make whiskey is going into. It's a toasted barrel, which is more like what wine makers are, are putting their wine into. So it's a so, light toast on the inside. So you're definitely not because there are other distillers out there that yep. when they pull a couple, they, they pull a couple lots out and it just stinks. Okay. Yes. And what they do is they're like, ah, we got to do something with this. Right. And they'll toast it or they will drop it in a sherry cask right. or they'll sit it and let it sit from 12 to 18 years. 
and I'm not going to name names. Or they'll sell it to somebody else. Or they'll, <laughs> or they'll put it on the MG, yeah, they'll put it on the MGP, yeah. yeah, they'll put it out there on the market for someone else to get it and put it, slap a pretty label on it, right? right. So here at the foolprooftruthbourbon.com, um, we do tell hardcore truths. There are a couple 18 year. actually there's one 18 year in particular, I wish I could name it. But I already know because when I talked to the distiller, they said this is our stuff that we just at 12 years still just didn't cut the mustard and they just let it go. But you guys aren't doing that. I'm not going to say we've never had a barrel that we didn't like. We have some up front right now that are really old, but that's why they're up there. We're not. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's where I'm going. Yeah, we're not trying to put it into a batch because, you know, it's just like, you know, we didn't know everything when we were starting out. We we're, you know, a lot of trial and error, but like those well, barrels I, are still sitting here and they're not. But I'm seeing a really, really hitting. nice controlled process up front. Yeah. With what you guys have, it's a good consistent. And what, what Jeff and I are floored by, and, and we don't get floored very often because we really cut down, we, we cut guys in their place. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I'm not pleased with the industry throwing a whole, all this fucking me too bourbons that are out there in the industry. It's just, yeah. it gets on your nerves because people are throwing away 70, 80, hundred dollars on something that you pick up and it tastes like a $25 bourbon. Okay. Yes. So, but what I caught here is you guys are age stating minimum two years, but it's drinking like a six year. Okay. Yep. And you. what Garrett talked to us about was we talked about the the fact that Michigan rapid because if you have that expansion contraction change of seasons it's doing something for you guys that I think is a little bit unique to Kentucky who has that nice steady season all throughout mm -hmm. the year um so I with, agree with that yep. yeah so with that being said um I think you guys are on the right track thank you and uh I feel that what you have is something a little bit on the special side I like that you guys are staying the course that you're taking so just, I just want to go back to your barrels. Yeah. Are they toasted in-house? Um, these toasted barrels, these ones are, it's a combination of barrels that we have toasted by a barrel maker who's actually local. I, I mean, local in the sense that he's in Michigan, which is pretty local for a Cooper. Are you using Michigan oak? Um, no. Okay. There's it, not a lot. There's nobody yet making barrels out of Michigan oak. Um, all the oak still, is coming is from down south. Down south, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so you still have the Tennessee, Kentucky oaks. We've got a guy in Grand Rapids that buys oak from down south, uh, makes the rings, makes the barrel heads. Fair enough. Chars, okay. toasts. So, but it does give us control exactly over the toasting process. Okay. Um, and some of our toasted barrels do come from a larger cooper um, town in Kentucky. good in here, by the way. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oak and just barrels and whiskey and a lot of times people that don't know much about whiskey come back here and they're like what are these all a bunch of empty barrels jp are you happy oh i'm very happy this is great i mean <laughs> my shaker when i wake up in the morning you <laughs> like, like you, you know you asked how what i think about you know i'm just like i can't wait to get to work that's when an awesome know. feeling yeah. when you want to go to work every day that's just outstanding mm -hmm. i love so, it JP, thank you for having us in here, giving us the ability to come in here and talk to you, see what you have to offer, and being just so utterly gracious to us. Oh, no, thank we, you guys very much. We do appreciate that. Mike, thank you. And that is all we have today, folks. Thank you for checking out the Foolproof Truth Bourbon Podcast. We'll see you on the flip side.